You're listening to the Brooke Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. You have episode 19, The Right Way to Achieve Your Goals. Did you catch that title? (laughs) I never tell you the right way to do anything. And I am the first way to say there are plenty of ways to skin a cat and plenty of ways to practice nearly every personal growth principle or gospel principle. Yet today, I really am convinced that there is a right way to achieve your goals. When I say right way, I'm defining that more as a direction rather than a practice. Nonetheless, I think you'll find this episode pretty enthralling and easy to adapt into your own practice of goals, whatever that looks like for you. Have you started yet to think about all that has happened in your life this year? What went well? What didn't go so well? And have you thought ahead to what you hope is coming in the new year? Are you a goal setter or do you live life more organically? In today's episode, we're going to shake down the effectiveness of goals. Do they actually work? And what is the best approach to goals? As I prepare for the upcoming new year, I'm going to tell you about my own experiment I did a few years ago in not setting goals. What happened and what is actually more important than the goal itself? Thank you everyone who has left a review for this podcast on iTunes. I love you. Thank you so much. Reviews help the podcast to show up in iTunes. It also gives credibility to other people that this is something that is worth listening to. So thank you for sharing it with other people. Today's review of the week comes from Marcy K. Marcy says, listening to Brooke is like putting the puzzle pieces scattered about in my brain together. It reminds me every time that God loves me. I'm so happy I found this podcast. Thank you, Marcy. I love that this podcast reminds you that God loves you. Yes. If that's the main message you receive every time, then that tells me you are absolutely in tune with receiving the spirit into your life. Keep going, my friend. (laughs) If you want to be the reviewer of the week, please leave me a five-star review in iTunes and share your favorite takeaway so far. If you have not left a review yet, I invite you to pause the podcast right now. Yes, just pause. Just leave a quick review and come right back. The best way that you can say thanks if any of these podcasts have helped your life is to leave a review or to share it with a friend. Thank you so much for your support. Today we're talking about goals. I admit I have been a goal setter my entire life. Even as a child and a teenager, I remember writing lists and lists of resolutions every January. Mostly I would write my goals down, then I'd go type them up on the computer and I'd print them out on my old school dot matrix printer, (laughs) and I'd hang them on my bulletin board, at which point I would promptly forget about them until the next January. Nonetheless, studies have shown that the act of writing something down greatly increases the likelihood that you will actually accomplish that which you set out to do. Through the years, though, I started to notice that the same things were showing up every year on my list. I seem to have this pattern of struggling with the exact same stuff over and over again, and yet living my life in the exact same way. Has this ever happened to you? (laughs) Back in 2010, I'll never forget reading a blog post by Leo Babawa. He's the writer at the blog Zen Habits, and his post was titled, The Best Goal is No Goal. 
He talked about how setting goals didn't really work for him because he felt boxed in and he would procrastinate on the action steps required to accomplish his goal because he didn't always feel like working on them. Instead, he decided to opt for the lifestyle with no goals. Now, contrary to the assumption that this approach would include just sitting around and doing nothing, he argues that this is more about living in the present moment and following your heart. Oftentimes, this leads to places and accomplishments that you would not have considered in the traditional achievement mindset. So, because I had struggled with accomplishing the same goals over and over again that I had set for myself each year, I decided to give this approach a go. 2011, I declared the year of no goals. I wasn't going to set a single goal and I was going to see what happened. Strangely enough, as I reviewed the experience at the end of the year, I saw something surprising. First of all, I still had accomplished some great things, albeit every worthy accomplishment had happened in the first six months of the year. The final six months were nothing notable. And upon further investigation, I noticed that the accomplishments that did happen, they were all momentum from the goals that were in place the year before. When that momentum wore out, there really wasn't anywhere to go. And so I basically just coasted without much progress at all. Now, to be fair, before I declare Leo's approach ineffective, I will say I failed to follow his main point. Live in the present and allow yourself to be guided. Leo is a master of living in the present. He is a master of intuition. I had been so practiced at letting goals dictate my path instead of following my intuition moment by moment that I actually lacked the skill to live that way. I really had no concept for what living in the present moment meant. It was just a catchphrase to me. It was not an actual practice. I had never meditated. I'd never done yoga. I had no type of practice that taught me what it was like to live that way. Instead, I was conditioned to live by standards that someone put in place for me, whether that was goals that I set for myself or even expectations set for me by my culture, by church, or by my social community. That's all I really knew how to do. Not setting goals, it was a step towards maybe more possibility in my life, but I didn't replace my guidance system. As such, I coasted and I didn't make any progress. <laughs> so the following year, I resumed my goal setting patterns. I returned back to what was familiar. I started writing out my lists again and again for the several years to come. Now, last year, I signed up for Michael Hyatt's best year ever online course, and I followed his goal setting structure, which needless to say, was far more effective than my list of resolutions at the beginning of the year that I'd always done in the past. Michael taught us how to make our goals actionable and measurable and how to treat habit goals differently than achievement goals. Those habit goals were actually the ones that kept showing up every year on my list. 
I need to do better at reading my scriptures. I need to do better at waking up early in the morning. They were all habit stuff that I kept writing over and over again. But now with these things on my list and with his approach, I suddenly had a plan for how to implement a habit. And I have to say, 2018, I really feel has been my best year ever. I have accomplished some really awesome things. I've written a book. I've published three online courses. I started this podcast. I spoke at two retreats. These are all great accomplishments. But what I'm most proud of is my habits. I have done yoga every day this year. I have meditated. I've woken up early. I've written in my journal. I've lost 42 pounds. I quit sugar. I rode my bike over a thousand miles, (laughs) which in and of itself is only possible because it was a habit of riding my bike consistently. Just as I talk about in episode one of this podcast titled Small and Simple Things, it's those small things which bring about that which is great. It's the compound effect. Your accomplishments are only possible from the tiny habits that you do every day. And I have seen firsthand this year the dramatic influence your daily habits can have on your life. Most people overestimate what they can do in a single day. But also, most people greatly underestimate what they can do in 30 days or 365 days. (laughs) It's the small stuff, my friends. For me, it's been the 20 minutes of yoga every morning. And granted, sometimes it's not 20. Sometimes it's five and sometimes it's 10, but I do it every morning. Same with meditation. I aim for 20, but sometimes it's not 20. Sometimes it's five. Other tiny habits for me have included bike rides twice a week, the absence of processed sugar at each meal, the two minutes of visualizing. And I'm serious. It's been like two minutes of visualizing my healthy, lean body every morning or the two minutes of affirmations, (laughs) the one minute of yoga before bed, the eight glasses of water I drink every day, the Ayurveda lifestyle habits that I mentioned in episode 15 that take literally about one minute to do, but have kept me healthy all year long. I still have not had a single cold the entire year. (laughs) That's amazing. These tiny habits are so small. They don't take much time. Yet the consistency of them, doing them repeatedly over and over and over, day in and day out, has transformed my entire life and my physical body and my heart and my soul. It is absolutely magical. I have come to far prefer habit goals over achievement goals because guess what? Habit goals naturally bring achievements. I have been absolutely enthralled with a new book this week. It's by James Clear. It's called Atomic Habits. And thank you to Alice Walker for writing to me and telling me that I had to read it. (laughs) She was right. Atomic Habits embodies this whole idea of the power of small things. The word atomic derives from two definitions. First, atomic is one of the tiniest particles of what makes up everything in the world. Second, Atomic has enormous power, just like the atomic bomb. Small things that carry great 
power. When you get your habits in place, goals take care of themselves. In the book, James details a goal setting model that absolutely blew my mind. (laughs) Imagine with me, I'm going to describe this visual image for you. So imagine with me for a moment that there are three layered circles that influence your goals. The outermost layer is the achievement layer. The middle layer is the process layer. And the innermost layer, that center circle is the identity layer. Can you visualize that with me? Three layered circles, each with a label. The outermost layer is the achievement layer. The middle layer is the process layer. The inner circle, the inner layer is the identity layer. We have achievement, process, and identity. Achievement, process, identity. Now the achievement layer is the typical goals that we set out for ourselves. We want to achieve things such as lose weight, get in shape, read more books, get healthy, make more money, advance in your career, strengthen your relationships, learn a new language, whatever it is. These are the achievements, right? This next layer, the process layer, is how you get to your achievement. You have to have a process. If the achievement that you're aiming for is, for example, to get in shape, then the process might be to work out five days a week every morning at the gym. If your achievement is to read more books, then the process may be to read a book each night in bed before going to sleep instead of watching TV. The process is the habit that creates the achievement. Now, the innermost layer, remember what that was? The identity layer. This is where all your beliefs are held about who you are. The problem with most approaches to goal setting is that we work from the outside in. We start on the outside circle of achievement. (laughs) And many times we don't even go to the next layer of having a process. I went years with only writing down what I wanted to achieve, yet I never matched a process or a habit that would actually make it happen. Now here's the kicker. Even if you set an achievement and you work on a process, if your beliefs in your identity don't match up, then you'll self-sabotage your success. If I set the goal to get in shape and that's my achievement and my process is I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. But if I've never thought of myself, if my identity, if I've never thought of myself as an athlete and I see myself as someone who is out of shape and I am overweight and I can't stick to a workout plan and I hate exercise, then my current beliefs about myself will sabotage my ability to achieve. Have you ever picked a goal, but you've given up because you didn't believe in yourself? (laughs) Your sense of identity wasn't the same as the goal. Those two weren't aligned or supportive to each other. James actually makes the point that if we repeatedly do the process, whatever habit that we've identified to support what we want to achieve, if we do that process and habit over and over and over and over again, our sense of identity starts to change. If I really do exercise every day for months, I start to see myself as someone who exercises. My identity changed because the evidence, the evidence has piled up from all the repetition, that actual habit. 
I have all this evidence from months and months of working on this that now I see myself as someone who exercises. Now that my identity supports the process, achievement is inevitable because each layer is now in alignment. Unfortunately, most people give up before they have piled up enough evidence to change their identity. They didn't repeat the process enough times to have it change their identity and their beliefs about who they are. And without immediate results, they hold to their old beliefs, their old identity. James also argues that the proper direction, whereas I titled in my title of this episode, the right way, the proper direction to approach our achievement is actually from the inner layer on out. You start with identity, then you move to process, and then the achievements will happen automatically rather than what most of us do, where we start by picking the achievement and then maybe we work from the outside in. So let's put this into practice for a moment. What is something that you would like to achieve? Maybe let's keep the same example of getting in shape. We need to start from the inner circle of identity first and then work outward. What is the identity of an in-shape person? What does her life look like? What does she think about herself? What does she believe about herself and about her body and about food and exercise? What does she do with her time? How does she actually live? Get clear on all of that and then live and think and do those same things. Achievement will naturally happen. When we work from the inside out, we can spend most of our time in that identity layer and that process layer, those first two circles. In fact, this is probably another way that you could technically live without goals. You simply focus on being the person you want to be. Maybe this is what Leo was talking about in being present, right? You focus on being who you want to be and doing the habits and process of that identity and achievements happen naturally. The best part about this approach is that you learn to love the journey. You love the process more than the product because truth be told, achievements come and go and they're fleeting, but the process continues on well beyond any achievement. So without knowing this model, I can look back on the past year and a half and I can see one way that I implemented this with great success. I mentioned that I have lost 42 pounds and I did it in an absolutely unconventional way. I started with identity. I spent maybe two minutes every morning visualizing myself lean and fit and saying affirmations to create this identity. I am healthy. I am filling the measure of my creation. I am my ideal healthy weight. I love myself. I love my body. I am beautiful. I am listening to my body. I am drinking enough water. I am eating the foods my body wants. I am strong. I am moving my body. I love and accept myself. Those two minutes of visualization and affirmation were repeated every day, over and over and over again. 
I've told myself those words and visualized myself in this identity thousands of times. (laughs) When I matched that identity up with the habit of daily yoga and I continued my habit of healthy eating, the pounds came off naturally, consistently, and easily. I can happily testify that this model is pretty much glorious. The reason it's so glorious is because your identity is at the center and you start at the heart. Now, every episode, I try to marry what I learn in self-help with a gospel foundation. So does it add up there as well? As I pondered this question, the story of Moses immediately came to my mind. And I think I even shared this story in my last episode. It is awesome and amazing. (laughs) In Moses chapter one, God shows Moses a grand vision of the creation of the world. He speaks to God face to face. And the Lord says to him, Moses, thou art my son. And then a few verses later, Moses, I have a work for thee. God starts at the center layer of identity. He tells Moses who he is, and then he moves to the next layer of process. He says, I have a work for thee. And then he proceeds to show Moses in vision, the creation of the world and many things that shall come to pass. And after this awe-inspiring vision, the Lord alludes to an accomplishment for Moses. He says, blessed art thou, Moses, For I, the Almighty, have chosen thee, and thou shalt be made stronger than many waters, for they shall obey thy command as if thou wert God. And lo, I am with thee even unto the end of thy days, for thou shalt deliver my people from bondage, even Israel my chosen. Did you catch the pattern there? God did not start by telling Moses to deliver the children of Israel out of bondage. That is a massive accomplishment. He didn't start by telling Moses to part the waters of the Red Sea. God started by repeatedly telling Moses who he was. Moses, thou art my son. And then he talked about the process. I have a work for thee. That work involved a lifestyle a lifestyle of habits that would condition Moses to grow his faith, to be disciplined, to repent and pray and lead and teach and speak and learn and do it over and over and over and over again. (laughs) And in so doing, it would lead to one of many accomplishments, such as parting the Red Sea and delivering the children of Israel out of bondage. Imagine if the Lord started first by telling Moses what he was supposed to accomplish. (laughs) It would be overwhelming to say the least, especially if he wasn't already clear on his identity or the process, his work that he was supposed to do. There is a proper order to all things. There is a right way to achieve your goals. There's an order. There's a direction. After reading this model, I am excited more than ever to plan my goals for the new year, to work from the inside out, identity, then process, then achievement, not the other way around, identity, process, achievement. We have to start with identity. Who am I? What is my identity? Who do I want to be? What does that version of myself actually do every day? What is her lifestyle? Now, of course, the tools that I talk about in my book all help with this layer of identity. 
affirmations, visualization, meditation, vision journaling, as well as the tools for clearing away the false self that gets in the way of our true identity. If you want to have a resource to work on that identity layer in a really practical way, check out my book, Living in Your True Identity. Make it part of your daily practice somehow to work on your identity and process, and you'll be set up for a life of achievement. Imagine your life clear on your identity. You know the process and habits that support the person you want to become. And you repeatedly do those tiny things every day. Achievements happen naturally. You have discovered the secret to progress and achieving your potential. Identity. Process. Achievement. If this process excites you and you want some guidance on how to start using these principles in your own life, I invite you to work one-on-one with me. I'll have more information about my mentoring opportunity in the next week or so, but I'm planting the invitation and the idea of it in your mind now. Let me help guide you in your own goals working from the inside out. If that sounds interesting to you, hop on my email list to be the first to know when spots open up. The link is in the show notes of this episode at brooksnow.com. Thank you so much for listening.